Hey everybody, this is Sarah Smith with Girls on Film Podcast. This is part two in our series on the Buffalo Band, The Wild Nights, and the resurgence of deadhead bands in New York State and uh, in small pockets all over the country. The Wild Nights formed between 1981 and 82 in Williamsville, New York, and these stories are really interesting. They mimic the way that a lot of bands form. Reuniting in November of 2019, the Wild Nights brought together all of the original bandmates, Ken Doino, DJ Bonin, Corey Kurtzy, Mike Bellman, Dave Ruck, Joe Belanti, and me, Sarah Krimsky. Listen up to episode two with drummers DJ Bonin and Corey Kurtzy. Do I have time to grab like a 30-second quick smoke before we get started? No. You can smoke <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> smoke on the phone. Smoke on the phone, buddy. Oh my God. Oh. I got the I'm so happy because I have the two coolest guys in the band. Oh. I know. So sweet. We love you. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> last time last time I had the two like nerdiest guys. Uh-huh. Which is yep. good. You know, I love a good nerd. I married one. Mm-hmm. I had a nerd's babies. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You know, we had yeah. a good we had yeah. a good good mix on the wild nights of nerds and cool guys. And then there was Ken. Ooh. <laughs> Turn it to Ken. I love Ken. <laughs> Turn it up to Ken. You know, I'm going to get Ken on because I just left Mike Bellman a message. I'm going to do Mike and Ken. Oh, my Lord. That'll nice. be a good one. No kidding, right? Oh, ho. Strange tune. Yes. <laughs> Listen to this. So, so I want to ask you guys, what the hell is that noise? Oh. Corey, are you making a table? No, that's me. That's me. <laughs> Sorry. That was me. That's, that's, that's TJ cleaning out his little pipe. Ah! <laughs> holy shit! I was getting stoned. Okay, got okay. it. All right. We talked I'll about focus. getting stoned in the last podcast too. <laughs> you know, we did. Nice. Yeah. No, I've told them. I said. I said to Dave and Joe, I was like, 
I went over to, I think it was DJ's house to the basement. (laughs) Uh And I didn't know, I didn't know any of you guys like at all. Oh. And I walked in and sang some, you know, dancing in the streets back up or whatever. <laughs> and then I was like, I got to go. Oh, my you, God. You know, that, my, that was my tryout. The basement yep. on yep. Sherbrooke. On Sherbrooke. On Sherbrooke. Yeah. And Joe Bellani lived two houses down. And we, oh have, to, we have to start by thanking. I didn't say that. Thanking my mom, Barbara Bonin. Oh. Because okay. she was an absolute saint. I, we, yep. were, we were 16 years old, and I would set up chairs in the, in the basement for our, for our fans to come sit down. And, and, and we, had the whole, we, we had, the whole, <laughs> <laughs> we had the, whole, the whole band set up, and then, and then we would raid my mom's liquor cabinet at 16 years awesome. old. Fantastic. And, um, and she was an absolute saint, and I love her yeah. to death because – she was the mm. one that really supported me and my music and yep so god love that's very god cool love barb gotta love her and gotta and here her. this is a this is a question for for both of you guys um from my point of view you know my kids are grown and um but from my point of view having a kid that wants a drum kit is a freaking nightmare <laughs> like yeah. if they're like eight years old mom i want i want a drum kit how Corey? how did you start how old were you how did you start and let me let me preface this to everybody with um i've got dj bonin in california and Corey curtsy in western new york and um both of these gentlemen uh were drummers because we had a two set a two kit band um, double called drumming. the Wild Nights. Double drum. Yep. Double, double, <laughs> double your pleasure. Double it. Double everything. Double dribbling. <laughs> <laughs> so Corey. Yes. How did you start? Um, my brother was a traveling musician. He played guitar, and um, he used to play like all the Holiday Inns and travel like half of the country, and they would rehearse in my parents garage so um when they were um not on the road so i used to sneak on the drums and play on the on their drum set uh when no one was around and then um gosh i i would think i was like around maybe eight you know and then i bought a little old ludwig kit from one of the drummers for like 30 bucks it was great and then i uh Started playing a lot in long train run, little 45 and put on my record player. And I played, that was the first song I played to long train run by the Doobie Brothers. Wow, 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 yeah, wow. And I, I was like, oh, you know, it just, I just could do it. I didn't know how I was doing it, but I could just do it. And uh, that's very weird. Yeah, I, and that's that's basically like my whole life, really. <laughs> it's like I just do it, <laughs> I just do it. And then, you know, as soon as I'm like, okay, I can do this, then I start like learning how to read music or take lessons and go on YouTube. You know, but then I put my drums away in the attic, 
And then a friend of mine, when I was a freshman, played guitar. And I'm like, oh, I got drums in my attic. And he's like, get them out. And then, you know, he turned me on to like, yes. And Jeff Beck. So then that's, then I just started playing again, you know, and I've been playing ever since, you know, again. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. So how did you, how did you get connected to the wild nights? So what's your story? It was, it, well, <laughs> there was, there was uh, four of us that were just really great best friends. And it was DJ, me, Ken Doino, Eric Diener, and Eric's mom would go away on weekends in Williamsville on Mill Street. And we'd all go there and hang. And I met um, Ken through DJ and Eric, and he had a guitar. So we would set up a play in Eric's house next to Lisa Salvatore's. And so yeah. we would just start playing. Oh and Freebird was the first song that we'd probably do like five times in a row. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we would just party, you know, and have the whole house to ourselves set up in the living room. And then, uh, you know, Lisa would have her huge parties and, um, we'd be next door, jam and hang and go over to Lisa's. All the girls would come over to Eric's to use the bathroom. That's where I met my wife, Michelle. She came over to use the bathroom. Um, <laughs> I got to stop you. Your wife, Michelle, looks like Pocahontas. I know. She's just she's timeless. Beautiful. She's beautiful. Okay. She's un she's gorgeous. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> so it was me, Ken, and Eric at first. And then DJ got a kit and we had a DJ. And then the, for some reason the band switched over to DJ's house. And then that's when like DJ came up with the name Wild Honey. We were thinking of a name. Ooh. That was for that was for our first gig at, at uh, Williamsville South, where we all went to school, except right. Corey went to Amherst. Yeah, I went to Sweet Home. Okay. Yeah, Sweet Home. That's why you were always exotic to me, Corey, because right. I didn't know where the hell you yeah, came I from. I still don't know. <laughs> it's like, what? Who is this guy with the hair? Well, I was totally different. And the yeah. hair. I was different than everybody, that's for sure, at that time. You yeah. were. You were cool. You were very cool, though. <laughs> well, it is in a good it way. It is my favorite word. Way. It's my favorite word. Yeah. Cool. That and, cool. That and okay. the F word. I like them both. Okay. That's fine. You can swear oh, on I this podcast. Like, I think fuck explains everything. <laughs> yep. Fuck it. Yep. You can use it every, in every way. Yep. But we won't go there. So he, he always had a one track mind. That's for sure. Next time we'll do a drunk podcast. Yeah. That would be fun. I am drunk. <laughs> I'm drunk right now. <laughs> I have a margarita. I am having a margarita. Are you? I would have had a wine. I am. Damn. I'm, I'm having. I'm. Go get your wine. I'm jealous. It's only. It's only one o'clock here. <laughs> it's only four o'clock here. It's pretty sad. Well, D Dave <laughs> Ruck's son was over at my house yesterday. He's dating my daughter. Um, no. So funny. And um, little wild. We got pretty. I, I'm. I'm nursing the hangover today for sure. Oh, okay. 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 You need some of the hair of the dog. I know. Okay. Okay. So, so now you have two drummers mm -hmm. and Eric Diener is your fan. 
Because he didn't play anything. He was the original oh, was bass, player. bass player. Oh, he yeah. was. Well, what happened to him? Why did he stop? He blew. Uh, I mean, he wasn't really a bass player. We just needed a bass player. But he did really good. <laughs> That's what Paul McCartney did. Paul McCartney did not know how to play bass at all. And he right. became the bass player. So it doesn't matter. Um, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. So, okay. So, DJ. Yes. You just got a kit. You said, I'm going to be a drummer. No. Um, I was into music ever since I was probably four or five years old. I, um, okay. I, would, I would stand in front of the stereo and sing along and picture myself in front of thousands of people at five years old. And then um, I, I started in band in elementary school. I played, okay. the, I played the bass drum because that's pretty much all I could do. I was pretty clueless, but I, I, I faked my way through. You were okay. I faked my way through that really well, actually. The, the teacher, the teacher uh, dug it. And, yeah. and then I, um, because there were six kids in my house, uh, uh, well, five at that point, it was very tough for me to have a drum kit at that point. Right. So um, once I met Corey and Eric, I had to get a drum kit. Peg Leg Joe from Marvino's Pizza on Mill Street. He he was my he was my my he was my weed dealer. Peg Leg Joe, he threw his crutch away. The big beat makes you act this way. Well, come on, gang, let's swing and sway. The big beat makes you act this way. Big leg Joey. <laughs> I told him I was looking for a drum kit. And sure enough, he, you know, he's always trying to make a buck. He finds a drum kit, brings it to my house in, in his van. And the stands are all wonky and everything. And it was a Ludwig kit. But um, I was just uh, thrilled beyond belief. My mom, sure. uh, I think, I think she paid, she paid like a couple hundred bucks for this kit, Aww. and got me my first kit. She was brave. That's that's where it's <laughs> that's where it started. Mm -hmm. uh, my really my my drumming. I mean, I always loved to drum before that, but I never had a kit. When I got into the band with the Wild Nights, <laughs> Wild Honey, um, I refinished I refinished that whole kit. I took it down to wood and um, we, we started playing like Corey said in the, in the basements. Um, when we got to my house, I, I just wasn't cutting it. And the guys in the band were like, Deej, dude, we're going to have to do this without you for a while. You know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to get better. And I was devastated. Ugh. And I, for six months straight, probably four, five, six hours a day. I yeah. wor worked my ass off. This left hand was getting get, so to much get stronger. Better. And that's, <laughs> that's a, it's a, it's a okay. inside, in, that a inside joke. joke. That a boy DJ, joke. DJ used to say, <laughs> no. DJ would call me up or we'd be talking and, and he's like, I've been practicing. My left hand's getting so much stronger. So, we always, um, oh my god, for years that's the same, all of us say, and it's great. So, it's really cool. My one friend is <laughs> my one friend is a real good friend of mine. I he's know in the that band now. Mo. He's the drummer, Mo. So, I got DJ tickets, DJ and Eric, and 
I said to my friend Vinny, I said, I'm like, when you, DJ comes backstage, tell him your left hand's getting so much stronger. <laughs> and it did get yeah. it it did get stronger and it was probably one of the proudest moments in my life that left hand that after six after six months of working my ass off i brought the kit back to the band and the guys the guys in the band were pleased with my progression and they let me back in the band that's so good and it was one of the one of the proudest moments yeah. of my life it's a, it's an awesome thing you know when something gets you know uh dealt to you you know you can either fold or you go um i'm gonna kick ass and right come back you know? right. and right. you know i've done that i've been kicked out of a band and I've gone and I went take, you know, I would go take lessons and I would just, you, that's what you do. Right. You know, and yep. that, that's, that's awesome that you did that, Deej. Yeah. That was the start of the whole Wild Nights experience and the Grateful Grateful Dead. I got, I got everybody in the band yep. picked to see the first shows and, mm -hmm. and we were off, we were off and running. We were the first uh, dead band in Buffalo. And we used to pack Broadway Joes. And <laughs> you stole my question. I was going to ask you how how did it become a dead band? Where was the decision? DJ pushed it completely. Like he when he got his tickets to the first show, we were even there going, "Oh, I don't want to go in." No, I, I didn't like I didn't like the dead at all. Right. I was like, I, I wasn't open minded enough to, uh, you know, to soak in what it really was oh. uh, you know just by listening to tapes and then we're, like we went and saw him and i was floored and it changed my whole life dj dj changed my life i did you know it's i i you know i tell everybody i'm german french and grateful dead <laughs> you know and dj did that for me and i love him for that that's i think it's so brilliant. great yeah that's brilliant it changed our whole lives and then you know, because we we also liked playing some Genesis and um, uh, some things yeah. like that, and but um, we always mixed a few of those in. Yeah. But uh, we we really loved playing Grateful Dead. It was just kind of a natural thing. Yeah. For us, it was easier too, and it, and it was fun. It, yeah, it was easy. It's easier than you know doing a Genesis song. I mean, we used to do yeah, Scarlet Begonias, the Grateful Dead song, into I know what I like, which is a Genesis song. Oh, yeah. That was probably one of their easiest songs of Genesis. But most of their songs, you really got to rehearse. And when you're you know 17 years old smoking weed, you don't want to rehearse <laughs> songs. <laughs> you just want to play Freebird. Yeah, you want jam. When you were as stoned as we were. <laughs> okay, let me ask you a question. Because this was something I was always interested in and didn't really verbalize at the time. But you guys playing together and working together, you you know, coinciding, echoing each other, answering each other, playing independently of each other on a pretty complex instrument. A drum kit is a pretty complex instrument. So how did you develop that chemistry. I'm really curious about that. Silence. Oh, who's, Silence. who's first? Um, <laughs> it takes it, it, first off, 
it takes the right the right mindset between uh between drummers not every drummer can do it so you have to start with having a certain mindset um, respect but what, what do you think what do you think Corey? Yeah, you gotta have respect that the thing is and through the years of being a musician it, it just listening like enjoying the other instruments listening to the other guys before you listen to yourself sometimes you know um if i can't hear what dj's playing then i'm playing too loud you know um and then I'm not hearing what he's doing, so I can't play off of him. So it's all in the dynamics of listening and being a good listener. And that's double drumming. Instead of going out there, oh, I'm the drummer, I'm right. the drummer. No, we're the drummer. You know, we're the drummer. Yep. Let's feed off each other. And then you just get off on what other, like, DJ might do this cool thing. And I'm like, oh, I'll finish up. I'll finish it off. You know, right with this, and and I do that with the guitar player. I do it with the bass player. I do it with the vocalist. I'll do it with everybody. You know, and, and you hone in on and on on them. So it's all about being a good listener. That's what it is. If you if you're not a good listener, there's no way you could double drum because you're just gonna yeah, you're just gonna pound away. And 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 leaving space for the other person to continue the conversation. You leave, you leave space. Okay, now let's have a listen to DJ Bonin and Corey Kurtzy playing side by side live with the Wild Knights. Respect, all respect, generosity, but actually being musical, I think, because Corey, what you said is really fascinating to me, how you're listening to every single um, person in the band and to the other drummer. That's a lot yeah. to do. Well, you, you want, want to enjoy it just like the crowd you have. Like, I'm not only there to play for the crowd, but I'm playing right. for me, too, because I enjoy it. And if you're doing something cool, I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it just hits my soul. I, I want to hear it, too, even though I'm playing, you know. So And when you're listening that intently, you're in like a Zen type zone. Like with me, um, I, I took literally like three years uh to learn how to sing and play at the same time. And that was really difficult. That was one of the most difficult things I ever did. I, you know, after three years, I just was able to just do it, not even be good at it, but I was just able to do it. It took that long. So when you're even, when you're singing, playing and listening to all those other instruments at the same time, you were in this Zen zone space that is otherworldly. 
Um, it's the only way I can explain it. Yeah, it's med meditation. I think it's very cool because um, I was reading Modern Drummer, getting ready for this interview with Billy Kreutzman and Mickey Hart. And they say that the most important thing in being a drummer is listening and and giving. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do those two things, uh, listen and give, then you'll never be part of a good band and you'll never be a good drummer. That's awesome. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. There's so many show-offs. And I say this to everybody, you know, there's so many great, phenomenal drummers. I love like Dave Wackel. He's one of my heroes. He's amazing. Not many people know who he is. And he'll play like a small club and he's just incredible. But then you have the, uh, you know, a, a drummer who's sitting behind Eric Clapton playing stadiums to thousands of people. He's nowhere near as good and technical as Dave Wackel, but he's got that respect and that not enough respect that, that, that he got the job. Right. You know, right. and I'm not saying that Dave would, but you know, uh, it's, it's all about feeding the music. It's all about the music, the band, what the song asks for. And that's so important. Really is. Let me throw something out at you guys. I just really quickly. Um, what about the physicality of being a drummer? I mean, you know, somebody playing guitar, you can stare at their fingers moving. Wow. <laughs> but a drummer is big. Right. You know, a drummer is really moving. Um, it's a very different presence on stage than a guitarist. Yeah. Um, well, it so. Sorry. You know, do you ever, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out, like, do you ever, you know, is, your body is such a part of it. Right. Well, I, um, I eat Wheaties every morning. Oh. No, I don't at all. But, um, I do, I do, like, I do exercise and do tone lifting because it is so physical and it's helped my plan. Yeah. Um, uh, it's like. Uh, when I, there was times I was on the road traveling and I'd be playing six nights a week and um, I'd sweat every night, sweat, and I would be in such good shape. Matter of fact, I lost weight. The last band I was with, I was I think it was out four years and I lost so much weight and I come home and my aunt, my aunt Cindy, I go visit her, my aunt Cindy, she's like, is there something you're not telling us? Like she, you know, like, like she thinks I'm like doing heroin on the road or something, you know, and I, I'm like I'm drumming every night. Actually, it's the best exercise. It is. I love it. I like the more I play, the better shape I'm in. You know, it's awesome. It's a it's a great it's a great core workout, and it's it's literally because I don't like working out, and it's it's literally kept kept me in pretty darn good shape my whole life even at 55 years old um you know i i'm still in pretty decent shape you I are totally you both are you both look great oh, thank you that's that's what drumming yeah. will do yep well, so let me ask you let's go back to the wild nights for a second sure. um because you had four you know the core four how did you know, how did you decide to get even bigger? Because you added, you know, Mike Bellman. Where did Mike come from? 
I got to tell you, it's like, I never, like, while we were doing it, I never, I think I was in such space. I've never, like, I was, let's, I'm, get bigger? What? I'm just playing, you know? And then people started loving us and coming to see us. And we're like, yeah, people would actually pay to come and see us. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I didn't even know what was happening at the time. I think it was DJ that got uh, everybody, didn't you? Deej? Like who got Mike? You know, well, I think I think when it when it, when it comes to Mike, you know, I think it was Phil Brutman. Oh, who suggested oh. who suggested uh, bringing in Mike? And there was there was a few different players that we had, you know, as we grew. Yeah. We had Eric um, Milbrath. Eric Milbrath yeah. on bass, uh -huh. but he he cut. He was a cutter. He had he had <laughs> he was What's a that? decent bass player, but he had some mental this, issues. This, he was a cutter. Was so weird. He like, kept cutting his arms. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I'm we, like, wait a minute. And it freaked us out. We're like, hey, let's take a break. We've been it hurt. freaked us out. Let's take a break. I'm gonna go upstairs and cut my arms. Like, oh my god! <laughs> I'm oh. Upstairs, cutting his arms. I'm like, dude. The hell are you doing? That's so horrible. It's, yeah, but then I think he had an episode that caused him to leave the band, and we were relieved. And that's when yeah, you don't want to kick a ask, out. <laughs> isn't, isn't that when? <laughs> isn't that, do that when? Um, Get Dave, out! I think Dave did. Dave Rook start playing. Start by playing bass. Um. I think so. I can't. Yeah. I can't remember. I so. You got Dave. It was you, right? Yeah. Well, I knew Dave because um, we we had cottages up in Silver Bay, Ontario, Lake Erie. We had cottages right next to each other, basically, and and that's how I met Dave. Is when I was a really young young boy, and um, we would hang together and have all sorts of fun. We lived right on right on the lake. And when um, I would go over to his house and he would play acoustic on his porch on the, co uh, the cottage. And he was just amazing back then. And so that's how I met. You were Dave. friendly. Yeah, but you got him in a band, I thought. I thought it was you that got. I remember when Dave first came over. Yes. Uh, which Joe yes. and Dave were talking yeah, about I, on the last I, podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Right. Yes. They were. They weren't even. They didn't even turn the volume up. Right. Because it was yeah. so loud. Yeah, it was so loud. And then we had a couple different keyboard players before yep. Joe Bellani. Yeah. We had the one, the the one kid that slept on your couch <laughs> with the stink with the stinky oh feet. That was that was lit. That was Drew. But Joe left, and then we got Drew. Drew. Yeah, and Drew was excellent. But and then there and I would sneak him in my house. We we also had the other. Yeah. The other keyboard player that played um, Katana Wanna Creep. Yeah, Gavin. Gavin was before what Joe. Was his... Gavin. Gavin was before yeah. Joe. Yeah. But we weren't wild nights. We weren't wild nights yet, you know, really, technically. How but did that, that happen? How did you get yeah. to be wild nights? It was the South Shore, right? Yep. Our, our first official, really official gig was at Williamsville South in the auditorium. And we had to come up I with a name. I wasn't there yet. And, I don't think um, I was there yet. Paul's no. Paul Special, who Paul Special, who is like the the top top uh, sound engineer right. in New York City right, right, right now, who does Good Morning yep. America so and everything. Fun. So I, we're sitting at we're sitting at my kitchen table trying to come up with a name for this gig, 
And I came up with Wild right. Honey. And Paul Special, Paul Special goes, eh, I don't know about that, man. It sounds like too syrupy or something. <laughs> How about Wild Nights? With a K. And, it, and that was yeah. with a K. Yeah. And that was it. And and yeah. we just we went with it. It wasn't it wasn't the best name in the world, obviously. Uh, but it turned um, out to be the we best just one. we went with it. And it so wait, this is a funny and story. It's, and it's stuck. I, I got to tell you, so I'm at Saratoga with DJ and Eric, and I drank a, too many Miller splits, and I think I hit a took a hit a half a half a hit of acid or something, and <laughs> at the dead at the dead and. I almost passed out before the show started. I'm sitting there, and these guys are all around me, and someone walks by and goes, yeah, there's a wild night. Ooh. <laughs> that is very funny. Yeah. That's a, that was a good story, Corey. <laughs> was it funny? I thought it's it was funny. Cute. It's cute. Yeah. You all stoned and messed up. Yeah. That's yeah. good. And I'm a wild night. You know? And you're a wild night. When I came in, were you, were you guys looking for a girl or no? You know, I don't think we were. I think when you came in, we um we invited yeah. you over and you and you sang and sounded so fucking great that we're like we all just like, you know, talked about it after the rare song. I was like, we need to invite Sarah back again. She sounded Yeah, I amazing. thought that was my tryout. And, uh, <laughs> and that was out. and I believe that's Audition. how it went down. I auditioned. Was I the Plus only one beautiful. that had to audition? You, you were beautiful too, and we were all ugly, so we needed something. Hell no! And, and you could sing amazing, so you're so awesome. nice. I'm gonna take that. Everybody, everybody was in love with yeah, Sarah. Yeah. Eric, Eric, it was started with Eric mm, Diener. Yep. I made out. And, I made out with Eric. And then I had a, <laughs> I had a secret crush. I had a secret crush Not on a secret Sarah. Anymore. That I still do. I know. Yes. Yes. We we were such and we were such we good were. friends that I just didn't want. No, we were really good friends. Yeah, that's one thing. You it. never mess with the bandmates. No, ever. I never felt like that. I felt like I had I had seven brothers. Right. Yes. I really did. Yeah, we were we were always very you protective. Were. You guys were. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was great. It was such a good experience for yep. me. Real, real quick. I want to tell a quick story about the protect okay. detective. Um, and we talked about this the uh, the other day. It was the Rieger Farm <gasps> gig, and um, that that was the 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 infamous gig where Ken's parents brought a case of bug repellent because the lights the light show that we made out of street signs and can and coffee cans were attracting so many friggin uh mosquitoes that it was it was like they were everywhere mm. so they showed up but then after that at some point because they had chickens on the farm somebody had cut killed <sighs> a chicken and cut off and cut off a chicken foot and they were standing right in front of sarah in the stage making they were like moving the chicken foot so the claws were like going right like right, right. in your face and lit literally one of us or two of us jumped up and and said, get away from her with that thing. <laughs> I remember one guy. So that's yeah, my that's little good. that's my little that's protective good. story. I remember one guy mm -hmm. at Broadway Joe's that was really drunk. 
and was ready to jump on me on this on that stage. And he was a little unnerving. And I can't remember who took care of him. And maybe it was Ken. I can't remember. But um, he was a little, mm-hmm. he was real. he was a little scary. Okay. Yeah. So I have a question. I have some questions. Yep. I want to ask you guys about some drummers. You know, what is, there's a list of like the top 25 and we're not going to go through them all, but I just want to hear what you think about a couple of them. All right. What it, Tell uh-huh. me, you know, legend, amazing band. What makes him great? John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. Oh, Bonzo. He couldn't read a note. Right. You know that, right? right? Yeah. And he, he always hated the fact that he couldn't read a note. But I think if he could read, he wouldn't have been who he was. And um, John just carved... He just carved a, a, a style of drumming out that uh, everybody goes to. You know, I mean, you can if you can hear you hear a song if it's a song you don't even know, and you hear the drummer. And if it was John, you'd right. know it's John. Right. You know? It's just yeah, but just phenomenal. He was just he was he was just such a beast of a rock drummer, and he was the absolute perfect drummer for Led Zeppelin. There's you know, he was no the way. Backbone, under, understate backbone that. of that whole of that whole band. Okay, sure so was. here we go. I know you. I know you have opinions about all these guys. Neil Pert from Rush. Oh, love Neil. I cried yep. when he died. Love that was Neil. Just a few months ago. Amazing, amazing, amazing person. You know, that's you know, and just to go back to John, both John and Neil. You know, John was a farmer. Love the earth, you know. If you go to the movie Songbird, saying uh, everybody else is doing all this dramatic filming, you know, they're climbing mountains with uh, Viking helmets on and stuff, and John's on his tractor plowing the field. Like that's what I love about John. Neil, same thing. Book writer, just love information, you know, just awesome, just amazing person. You could just tell he was an amazing person, and and. His technique was so incredible. And I saw one interview. You went to Peter Erskine. Peter Erskine's an amazing drummer, played with Steely Dan. And, it, 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 you know, like 10, 15, I think 10 years ago, Neil went to him for re- lessons. I mean, that's incredible. Very. You're Neil Pert, and you're still wanting to get yep. better. And that's the key. You Like, the minute yeah. you think you're great, you're done. You're done. Right. Get it? You're, you know, because there, when you say he's the best drummer, there is no best drummer. Everybody's got something cool to offer, and um, and you just have to keep on building that cool thing to offer. And that's I just so respect him. Sorry, DJ, I had to jump in on that one. No, but, no, I total, I totally agree. I mean, he, I mean, he's just all time one of the best and incredible technical drummer. But you're right. When he started taking lessons from Peter, he was fully all in on learning how to play jazz music because yeah, that was something that yeah. was something he never did in his life. Yeah. He awesome. couldn't he couldn't even do it. And yeah. he was so dedicated. He it changed his whole mentality about playing drums. Yeah. He he did for, for more good. free form. 
more free. He, he couldn't, you know, you got to think he'd play everything exactly the same every night, which is amazing. But then he started learning the free form when he took those lessons from Peter. He's a perfectionist. Yep, when I, uh, when, when I had uh, my cottage, when little kid, this is how I first got into Rush. It, there was this little store down at the end of the dirt road called Mama's, and they had this uh, pool table in back with there? a juice. <laughs> okay, no, <laughs> and this is Silver Silver <laughs> Bay, you know, yeah. Ontario. But um, so they had this pool table and a jukebox, and Fly by Night I was oh, on there, like the whole album, it. and we would play pool and listen to constantly listen to that album over and over and over and that's how i got into rush it's just okay awesome. here i'm jumping to a new guy tell me what you think about bill bruford who started with Crimson. Oh, i love bill go ahead teach well you know Corey got me into yes Corey got me into prog rock and um you know among phil and chester um, you had Bill Bruford, who was, he was just one of those unique, unique players that <clears throat> it, it was kind of just mind bending. You couldn't even really figure out what he was doing. He was like one of those drummers, you know, it's just, it's just amazing, like jaw dropping. Like, how is he doing yeah. this, you know? And that's one of the things being a drummer, you're just so amazed with. Uh, drummers like that, you're like, how is he doing this stuff? I get, I need to figure it out. But um, Bill Bruford, yeah. I mean, yeah. yes, he 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 was a, a singular sound now, here's in that what, band. Here's and one he of my favorites, um, Stuart Copeland from The Police. It, you know, when you talk about physicality and and actually being a real a physical presence, there was something about him that always made you want to watch him yeah it is it a lot of it is um just watching too to see what they look like you know i always love just watching drummers not only just analyzing what they're doing but just watching them and he is you know he plays traditional yep. um with his his left hand that's so much stronger and then um <laughs> but you know he also took the reggae and the ska into rock, you know, and that's pretty cool. You know, it's like, a, you know, a, a new inventive way to play drums to music. You know, it's pretty cool. Yep, and especially, especially when you're playing three piece, it, it's a that's a whole that's a whole yep. different beast it uh, unto itself. Like you're finding out with Oregon Fairchild, Corey. It's uh, yeah. it's it's a playing three piece is not easy. And you better be on your game and be spot on because it can, you know, it can yeah. get a little, little woolly. All right, here, a lot of space. Here comes a, a guy from the left, Terry Bozio. Oh, Bozio, yeah. Oh, I said Bozio? that. I said Bozio, that southern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's 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 awesome. I love Terry. I saw him play with Zappa, uh, play Zappa with uh, Frank Zappa's son. Um, he's phenomenal. Great drummer. Yeah, great drummer, for sure. Huge drum Not set. I hate, 
I'd hate to set that up if I was playing Joe's. I don't even think you can fit his drum kit in the Joe's. Probably Joe's. Unbelievable. So <laughs> give me a... He plays look, a there's not a lot of women drummers. There's a few. Tell yeah. me one that you like. Man. Um, I don't know if I know it. Janet Weiss. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever... Oh, uh, man, you're making me feel, no, bad. feel bad. I should get to know. With Sheila Yee's upper I love Sheila Yee. Maureen yep. Tucker played with the Velvet Underground. And the only reason I know this is because I'm yeah. doing research online right now. I'm cheating. All right. <laughs> I'm cheating. Uh, well, I'll tell you, when I there's some, I don't know their names, but I totally uh, watch drummers all the time. I go online. Okay. And I watch a lot of female drummers that make me sick. Like, I'm like, oh my God, they're so good. They're so good. There's, there, so, but there, there's a band my friend, um, took me to, um, and he was the manager of Mo. So he go, Hey, I got passes. You want this band called Thunder Pussy? I've heard of them. And they, they're phenomenal. I love them. And it's a, the girl drummer plays like John Bonham and a, a, awesome band, you know? So, but I, there's a lot of amazing female drummers out there. And unfortunately, I got, I, I got one. Okay, good. Got give one. us, give it to us. And it could, she could be the best of all. Karen. No. Carpenter. John Bonham yes. would roll over in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> he was, you know, he won, he, 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 Zeppelin was at their height and, and Karen won best drummer. All, 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 and John was so mad. Unbelievable. <laughs> Karen Carpenter. I'm going to have to put. A, I'm going to have to put a, a little clip yeah. of Karen Carpenter into this podcast. She's she's awesome. She, she was she was amazing. Corey, I want to hear. You know, you're playing with Oregon Fairchild right now. Are you playing with anybody else? Um, I get calls to do gigs. I just played the band little mountain band online downtown they um yep uh and um i mean there's a there's a few people i play with and but uh they haven't started up gigs yet just the work of fairchild started gigs you know yeah started okay. up. so i haven't i just got a call to play with another band the other day for a gig you know so i get calls for gigs and it, that be in september so uh, people are just reaching out now, you know. Right. DJ, tell me, tell us about what you're doing tonight and who you're playing with now. Well, um, tonight I'm uh, having a, a gig with my new band called Dead Dreams. And this is a new band. We've only done a handful of gigs together. But <clears throat> this band features a guy named Garrett Delowian on guitar. and. He he also plays with another band in Orange County called Jerry's Middle Finger. And he is absolutely amazing. His voice, his sound, uh the way he <laughs> the way he plays uh JGB and Jerry music, dead music is sec second yeah. to none. And um got uh, a bass player um Marty Holland who used to play with Melvin Seals and JGB. And we have Dave Chisavage on keyboards, who played for uh, uh, 
quite a long, long time for this band called Electric Waste Wasteband here in San Diego. And uh, it's a four-piece, and we're doing a socially distant concert at my house. We're playing in the front yard to um, a bunch of people that'll be across the street in a park. It's kind of our first first gig back, so it's pretty nerve-wracking, to say the least. Hey, I want it's I want everything to go smooth. You've got to be inventive. It will. It will. And, it's going to be great. be cool, you know, so... Um, I want some pictures. Today and then I've, and then that. I've got my main band, um, which we really haven't done any gigs since the COVID outbreak, um, called modern day moonshine, which is more jazzy funk, uh, R and B soul type music, original music, mostly. Um, so those are the two bands I'm currently playing in. Very good. And gentlemen, I'm going to be putting some music into this podcast. So um, we're going to, you know, show some, give everybody a listen to some of your stuff. And I'm really, really grateful that you agreed to jump on this podcast with me today. I'm so grateful. Um, how can people find you online, DJ? Well, um, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram personally. Um, but the bands as well, um, Dead Dreams and Modern Day Moonshine, uh, just on YouTube? on YouTube or Facebook, either way. Cool. And you, Mr. Curtsy, how do we find you? Well, it's Oregon Fairchild. Um, go to them. <laughs> um, <laughs> go to Instagram because yeah. Oregon Fairchild yeah, is a great Instagram yeah. page. Oh, cool! Um, I do, and I play in a band, Sonic Garden, which is a dead band. Um, uh, I saw you. With that. Yeah, you did. That's right. Dave, Dave sat in that night. Yeah, and yep. and um, I. I mean, you just go to my Facebook page. I do have a bunch of videos on my, I write a lot of songs and do video. And yep. um, so you can go to my, uh, you, my, um, what do you call Facebook it? Facebook page. Oh. YouTube page? YouTube, my YouTube page, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'm happy to help when you, when needed and jump in there with the words when you can't yeah. find them. I'm, <laughs> I'm still hurting a little bit, but I'll be fine. <laughs> no, no worries. And, and Sarah, we would be, we would be, yes, I sir. would be remiss in not uh, thanking you and everybody in the Wild Nights, Corey, that um, made our reunion this past Thanksgiving a reality at the Showplace Theater in Buffalo. It was, I had the time of my life. I landed, I yeah, landed into Buffalo with the Bills crushing the cowboys no. on thanksgiving day right, right. that's how that i that's beautiful. how i got into town and it just it got better so it got better from there so everybody listening ciao bellas we're girls on film and we're out i hope you enjoyed the podcast today with the wild nights drumming team Corey curtsy and dj bonin we opened up the podcast with a Corey curtsy original that he recorded with his daughter Alexa during the pandemic called The First Waltz. And we're going to say goodbye and leave you with a DJ Bonin vocal on a tried and true dead favorite 
box of rain. Thanks for having us. We're Girls on Film, and we are out. Box of rain.